get a sneak peek into whether or not we hit our financial goals this year and see how you can do your own year-end review so you can set yourself up for an incredible 2022. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. It's that time of year again. It's November, also known as the time of year where things start winding down. As you may or may not know, I typically take December off from the podcast to recharge and reset things. Plus, our anniversary is in December. So with those things in mind, these last two episodes of the season are going to be focused on helping you set things up for a fantastic 2022 and beyond. Besides our monthly money review and dates, one of the things we like to do is a year-end review. It's a way for us to look at the numbers, celebrate wins, and see what we need to work on. We then take that information and use it to plan out the next year. Today, I want to walk you through our process. We'll go over the goals we set for the year, how we budgeted and found money to fund them, and whether or not we're on track to reach them. Next week, we'll then look at how to create goals to make it easier for you to make progress and achieve them. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's start off with our financial goals that we made this year. There were three big ones. One was build up our brokerage account. Two was paying down our mortgage. And three was replacing and fixing the windows in our house. Right off the bat, you may have noticed a couple of things. The first is these goals will probably take a big chunk of money to reach. And you're right. One thing I want to be absolutely clear on is we would not even consider these goals until we had our financial foundation in place. So these goals reflect that we're further along in our financial journey. Some of the first goals and steps we took was making sure that we had an emergency fund that was fully padded, we paid off our unnecessary debts, and that we were setting aside money for retirement. We're grateful to be in this position, but it did take work up front. So I want to be clear about that. Even with those pieces in place, though, we knew this year we definitely have to hustle if we're going to meet these goals. But the second thing you may have noticed is that these goals are vague. They're missing some key numbers. So let's fill these in and talk about why I prefer to include details with our goals. One of the big things that has helped us achieve our goals is how we frame them. And we like to make our goals smart. And in case you're unfamiliar with the term, it's an acronym to help you remember key things you need to include when making your goals. A SMART goal is specific, measurable, attainable, result-focused, and time-based. Let me do a quick summary of each of those. Let's start with being specific. This is a big mistake that a lot of us make, myself included is that we start off the year with a goal of, I'm going to save more or I'm going to pay down debt. But a specific goal would be, I'm going to put aside 5% to save in our emergency fund. 
or I'm going to pay an extra $50 towards the credit card debt. Being specific helps you start framing it in more concrete terms. The second is your goal should be measurable. How do you know when you've hit your goal? If you're saving more, is there a specific amount you're saving to? Or if you're paying off debt, how much do you want to pay off by the end of the month or the year, however you decide to do the timeline? The reason you want to do this is you want to track your progress. If you're tracking your progress, you're more likely to hit your goal. And then the third piece of this is attainable. Now, I've seen some people translate this acronym and use it for ambitious, but here's the thing. If this is your first time working with goals, you need to build and develop that habit first. You don't have to make them super simple, but if you make them attainable, you're more likely to have a win, and that's going to encourage you to continue on your financial journey. The next piece is result focus. And this includes a bit about your why behind the goal. You're paying off debt. That's fantastic. But why? What options become available once you hit that goal? For example, if you're paying off your credit card and high interest debts, are you freeing up money so that you can travel more as a family? Or are you trying to reduce your monthly expenses so you can cut back on your hours at work so you have more time with your family? Being clear on the result that you're trying to achieve can help you stay motivated when things get tough. Finally, being time-based. And this goes back to framing it so that you can build a plan out of this. By setting a deadline, you can work backward and break down the steps you need to take and make sure that you're hitting those milestones along the way. Switching over to SMART goals has definitely been very helpful for us. And it's easier for me to track our progress and see where we have to make adjustments early on, either with the goal or with the deadline. Switching over to SMART goals has definitely been very helpful for us. And it's easier for me to track our progress. We can see where we have to make adjustments fairly early on, either with the goal, the deadline, or how we're going to achieve it. Now that we reviewed SMART goals, let's break down the goals we made one by one, as well as explain why they all have the same deadline this year. The first one is building up our brokerage account. We opened that up, believe it or not, last spring during the national lockdown. This is what happens when you have money nerds stuck at home. Pretty much before then. Okay, everything then that we had invested went towards our retirement accounts the 401k and the IRAs. There's just one catch. Those accounts are for retirement. With the idea of financial independence, you're going to need a stash set aside for those years for when you plan to retire or wind down to when you officially can access your retirement accounts without having penalties. After discussing our options, we're settling on a combination of investments in the market and some in real estate. We started the first half of that plan with a brokerage account. Next year, we'll give more attention to real estate. So definitely, if you haven't already subscribed to the newsletter, you're going to see in real time how we're doing our research with that. For this year, our SMART goal was to build up our brokerage account to 50000 by the end of December. Our second goal is paying down our mortgage. 
Our goal is pretty straightforward with this. We're looking to take our 30-year mortgage and pay it off in 10. Whenever we have this picture of being financially free or independent, one thing we do agree on is that we wouldn't want to have a mortgage payment during that time. With five years down, we have five years left. So we're looking at knocking down our principal on our mortgage about $20,000 each year. Is it a stretch? Yes, but it is doable. Again, it's about finding that balance of hitting your goal while still enjoying the time you have now by creating it at a sustainable rate. Our SMART goal for the year is to have our mortgage down to under $90,000 by the end of the year. By the way, if you're thinking about paying your mortgage off early, you should definitely check out the Mortgage-Free Master Plan. It's what we use to run the numbers and track our progress. Andrew from Family Money Plan created it to make it easier to create a payoff plan that aligns with your family's goals and timeline. Just grab it at simplifyandenjoy.com slash mortgage-free plan. Finally, our last goal for the year was replacing the windows. Our beautiful ranch house is 60 years old, and I'm pretty sure those windows are original. While I love the look of the wood windows, they weren't very energy efficient. They were single pane, and in some cases, a few of the frames on the exterior side were starting to rot. So we knew at the beginning of this year, we had to replace the windows. Our original SMART goal for the year was to replace the five windows on the main level that were breaking down. As with all our home projects, we went ahead and got estimates from several different contractors and companies. After talking it over, reviewing our energy bills for the last year, and looking at the conditions of our windows, we increased the amount of windows we were going to replace. During the first half of the year, we replaced nine windows. And because of an unexpected windfall, so to speak, we are actually going to have another set of windows replaced before the end of this year. I'll get into the details on that in just a little bit. Now that you see our goals and how much money we're putting towards them, the next question obviously is, where is this money coming from? So let's break it down bit by bit. First off, one of the reasons we can set aside money for these goals is because we carry no other debts. The mortgage is the last one. That means the payments that we're making for the car and student loans are now being directed towards saving, investing, and giving. Having gone through this journey for years, I can understand that sometimes when you're dealing with significant amounts of debts, it seems overwhelming. So if that's where you are now, please hang in there. I know it is a chore and work to go through this, but it is worth it because you can then free up your money to go towards the people and projects that really matter to you. Speaking of that, quote, extra money that we used to pay down towards debt, another way we've been able to hit our goals is by automating our money. It started off as an easy way to make sure our bills were paid, but now we're using that for other things. When we paid off our debts, we immediately changed our payments. They were now going first to savings and then investing. We prefer not to wait to the end of the month to set aside money for our goals. Instead, when the paycheck comes into the accounts, as soon as it's processed, we go ahead and transfer it to either paying down our mortgage, 
putting our contributions into the brokerage account or we were setting aside in savings for when we had to make the payments for the windows. Just quickly going back to that idea of having a deadline for the SMART goal, let's say that we needed to save $10,000 by the end of the year. Well, knowing that, then we look at the numbers, it means we have to allocate an extra 833 a month. Or if we were trying to save 5000 for the year, that would be an extra 416 a month. If you already have room in your budget and you see that I do have that amount of money I can put towards the goal, great. Just go ahead and schedule those transfers or payments. If there's a gap, then go ahead and schedule what you can do. So let's take that $833 a month. Let's say you know for sure you can do an extra $500 a month. Go ahead and put that on your automated transfers or payment system. You can then work on either building up your payment or adjusting your timeline. But you have something going in towards that goal and you're going to be making progress. Another reason we had a little bit of extra room in our budget is that we reallocated some of it. With Delta and the fact that our kids are not vaccinated, we pared down our vacation trip and plans and found some affordable spots we could visit, which saved us some money. Finally, the last piece of the puzzle is allocating extra income. And that can mean a variety of different things. At the beginning of our financial journey, it was extra side hustle money we brought in. It was tax refunds. It was getting rebates that we sent in. The income that we brought in varied greatly depending on what it was, but we used that money towards our goal. This past year, we took advantage of whatever bonuses were earned and tax credits that we qualified for being parents of two kids. Since we already planned our financial budget for the year and we were comfortable for it, we use whatever extra income we had to go towards those three goals. So hopefully you can see that it took a lot of different pieces to come together for us to work towards our goals and our plans. But it also meant that if something broke down, we weren't completely going to fail with our goals. All right, we went over the goals and the process of us working towards those goals. So how are we doing? Replacing the windows on the main floor was the first goal that we hit. We actually placed our order around end of January, beginning of February, and got them installed in May. There was a significant delay with the manufacturing, but that has been accomplished. We're really happy with the windows we got and have ordered more, which hopefully should be coming this week or next. As for the mortgage, it will be down to the wire. It looks like we will be able to hit it by the middle of next month. Finally, we have the brokerage account. While we've made some great progress, I don't think we're going to hit that mark, but we're going to be fairly close. It looks like if all things continue the way they are, we'll hit our goal in February of 2022. There you have it. That's a general overview of our financial goals and the progress we made. The next step we do is what's worked. I think we did a great job with reallocating transfers to the savings and the brokerage. 
On the other hand, we had some unexpected windfalls like those tax credits that we're not going to plan or budget for in 2022. Hopefully, as you can see, that a year review doesn't have to be just the numbers. You're also going to be looking at the systems that you have in place, whether that's the automatic transfers, contributions, or payments. If it's working, you continue that. If it's not, you can see exactly what needs to be adjusted. It could be a matter of optimizing your expenses or increasing your income. If you want to have a spreadsheet that you can use for your own year-end review, make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter. Just go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I'll share a template for free. All you have to do is be a member. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from preparing this episode. The first is use your year-end review to reflect on what worked and what didn't, not to beat yourself up. This has been a trying year, so you definitely want to give yourself some grace. Understand that this is an opportunity to learn what worked with your goals and see what adjustments you need to make. We're looking for progress, not perfection. The second is include a buffer with your plans. For example, since there was still a lot of uncertainty this year with how things were going to go, we decided that we were going to push the deadline for all of our goals into the end of the year. We wanted to recognize that things were outside of our control. For example, with the windows, We ordered them in January and it took months to get the first half and it looks like it's going to be another delay with this second order. Too many times I've seen families get stressed out because they are not including that buffer in their goals and they are tackling a few of them for the year. By giving yourselves a little bit of flexibility that can take the stress out so you can focus on getting those systems in place so you can achieve your goals. Finally, make sure when you're making those goals that they're concrete and not vague. As you saw in the beginning, going with something like paying down debt, saving more, investing for retirement, those are just starting points. We'll get into it more next week, but when you create these goals, you want to create them and frame them in a way that it almost gives you the plan right there. You see how much you want to save or pay down debt and you have a deadline. And then you can work backwards, see if that's going to fit, or if you have to make adjustments. I admit, it's not always easy to get your goals set up. If you want to swap ideas, stories, share kind of your rough draft goals, please join us in our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We love to help one another out with our family and financial goals. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. I hope you enjoyed this episode and use some of these tips to review and reflect on how things went this year with your financial goals. As always, I'll include links to the resources we mentioned in this episode, plus more over at simplifiedenjoy.com. Next week on the podcast, we're going to wrap up this season by helping you set things up for 2022. We're going to dive in how to create smart goals for you and your family. 
If you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I would love to have you a part of next week's episode. So if you're already subscribed to the newsletter, just hit reply and send in your goals and questions for this new upcoming year. And if you haven't joined already, don't worry, it's free. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I love hearing from you and getting your feedback on the show. You can also send in your ideas for next season. It's one of my favorite parts about creating this podcast. It feels more like a collaboration when I hear from you. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.